And now, Revival Fires International presents the Revival Fires broadcast with the dynamic evangelistic ministry of Dr. Tim Todd, a powerful voice for God and country. Welcome to this very special July 4th edition of the Revival Fires radio broadcast. It is very clear as we experience the turmoil and chaos that seems to be infiltrating America that we are in desperate need of the hand of God to sweep across our nation like never before. We need to be reminded that there are prerequisites that we must fulfill in order for God to have complete reign in our country. Let's turn our attention to 2 Chronicles 7.14 as Dr. Tim Todd presents a timely message for America entitled, If My People. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. That's God's telegram from heaven for America today. Bow with me for a word of prayer. Father, speak to us through your word this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. All of God's people said, Amen and Amen. God said, If my people, which are called by my name, how many of you consider yourself to be one of God's people? Raise your hand. That means that this verse is for you and it is for me. Now, I wrote my name in this verse, and it is astounding at how personal the Word of God becomes when you write your name in it. This is how my verse reads now. He said, if Tim Todd will humble himself and pray, if Tim Todd will seek my face and turn from his wicked ways, God wants to get personal with you if you will let him. Write your name in that verse and see how personal the Word of God becomes for you. He said, if Tim Todd will humble himself and pray and seek my face and turn from his wicked ways. You see, what we need as a nation here in America, we need first as individuals. We say that America needs to fall on her knees and on her face before God in repentance, and she does. But America starts with you and me down on our knees seeking the face of God with a heart of repentance. He said, if my people which are called by my name. He didn't say if the liberal news media would do it. He didn't say if the conservative talk show host would do it. He didn't say if Rush Limbaugh or Sean Hannity would do it. He didn't say if the Democrats or the Republicans or the Independents would do it. God said, if my people, which are called by my name, God's not counting on the liberal news media. He's not counting on conservative talk show hosts. He's not counting on the Democrats or the Republicans or the independents. But God is counting on you and me that have been born again and washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, I thank God for every born-again, spirit-filled man and woman that is in political office. We need more of them. But hear me this morning. There is no political solution to America's problems. Our problems are spiritual. Therefore, they cannot be resolved by politics. God is counting on this church body. And if God is counting on us, let's give him something to count on. Now, let's break this verse down this morning and see what the Lord is requiring of you and me. First of all, he said that we must humble ourselves. You know that's hard for a lot of people to do today because here in America we've had everything at our fingertips. Everything has been at our command. And for many people it's hard for them to humble themselves because of the nice car they drive or the nice clothes that they wear 
or the nice house that they live in or the big bank account that they've had access to. Even some preachers that get a successful ministry and it goes to their heads. And God help individuals who think they don't need God because they think they're God. They walk, they, they talk, they strut and act like God. They don't even want God to tell them what to do or when to do it, much less a preacher like this one. But if you want God to hear your prayers, first thing you've got to do is learn to humble yourself for us to realize that the only good thing about you and me is Jesus Christ. And the closer you get to Jesus, the more of a sinner saved by grace that you realize that you are. So first of all, we must humble ourselves. Secondly, he said, to pray. We're not really ready to pray until after we have humbled ourselves. Now, I'm not talking about the pretty little prayer that you pray over your meals or while you're getting ready for work or a little bedtime prayer. I'm talking about you getting alone with God in your prayer closet each day and spending quality time with the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm talking about travailing in prayer as a woman giving birth to a child. You say, Brother Todd, that's hardcore praying. Yes, it is, but God's word says, as Zion travails, she brings forth her children. Let me break that down. As the church travails in prayer, you will bring forth children into the kingdom of God. And when you will begin to travail in prayer as a woman giving birth to a child, praying for your unsaved loved ones to get saved, praying for Holy Ghost revival to break loose in this church body, praying for God to come down and turn this whole area upside down for Jesus Christ. When you will begin to travail in prayer as a woman giving birth to a child, you're going to begin to see things turn around and take place for the kingdom of God. He said, humble yourself. He said, pray. And then thirdly, he said, seek my face. We're not really ready to seek the face of God until after we have humbled ourselves and prayed. But what happens is this. We've got a lot of people in the church today that fail to consistently humble themselves and pray. Then when we find ourselves in trouble, we have to seek the face of the doctor or seek the face of the attorney or seek the face of the banker or seek the face of the judge. Now, every one of these positions have their place in our society, but hear me this morning. God can do more than any attorney. He can do more than any banker. He can do more than any doctor. He can do more than any judge, and we need to be seeking the face of God before we do these other positions. He said, humble yourself. He said, pray. He said, seek my face. And then fourthly, he said, turn from your wicked ways. God spoke to my heart so very strongly about this part of the verse, and we'll come back to that in just a moment. But he said if we would do those four things, he would hear from heaven, forgive our sins, and heal our land. And friend, we need to hear from heaven in America right now. All the way from your house to the church house to the school house to the courthouse to the White House. What America needs right now is an old-time, old-fashioned, sin-black, hell-hot, Judgment sure, eternity long, gun barrel straight, Holy Ghost revival. That will bring this nation to its knees in repentance before we are knocked to our knees in judgment. One way or another, America's going to her knees. And I'm convinced that if we can get America back on her knees again, we can get America back on her feet again. People have always considered America to be a Christian nation. But any time that you live in a nation that has more places to get drunk than it does to go to church or to get saved, that nation needs Holy Ghost revival. Any time that you live in a nation that has more bartenders than we have preachers of every denomination put together, that nation needs Holy Ghost revival. 
Anytime that you live in a nation that is murdering between four and 5,000 babies every day with abortion, that nation needs Holy Ghost revival. And any time that you live in a nation where there's any place that is wrong for you to read this Bible, whether it's the schoolhouse, the courthouse, or the White House, that nation needs Holy Ghost revival. And any time that you live in a nation where people get more excited about their ball games than they do their church services, that nation needs Holy Ghost revival. Would to God that people would get as excited in church as they do their ball games. I know people, and you do too, they'll go to these ball games and they'll sit outside in the hot blistering sun or the rain pouring down in some parts of the country where it sleets and snows for hours at a time. You do something like that for a ball team, they call you a good fan. You do something like that for God, they call you a bunch of fanatics. God give us a bunch of fanatics in this church body that are willing to come to church no matter what the weather conditions are outside. You know something I've noticed about these ball games? It's that if somebody hits a home run or makes a touchdown or a slam dunk, that whole audience comes unglued and they give that ball player and that ball team a standing ovation. Hear me this morning. Jesus is hitting home runs every day. He's making touchdowns every day. He's making slam dunks every day. He's better than any ball player that's ever lived. He's better than any ball team that's ever existed. And he's better than any ball game that's ever been played. And we need to give Jesus, the King of Kings, more attention than we do our ball players. You know, something else I've noticed about these ball games is that nobody wants them to last just one hour. Oh, no, we want our ball games to go into overtime and double overtime and extra innings. I've never heard anybody complain about the length of the ball game. But some of those same people come to church and the first thing they want to know when they get here, when do we get out? What time will this be over? We've got people in the church today that are more concerned with saving time than they are saving souls. Hear me this morning. Jesus didn't come to save time. He came to save souls. He came to get next to you, and he came to light your fire. Luke 19, 13, Jesus said, I'm going to leave, and I'll be back. But he said, while I'm gone, I want you to occupy. Now, that is a military term. Best understood by those who have served in the armed forces. The word occupy literally translates to be in charge, to be in command, to have dominion over. Now Jesus told his disciples, well, I'm gone. I want you to be in charge. He didn't say that to the Democrats or the Republicans or the independents. He said that to his people. You don't have to look very far to see that God's people have not done a very good job of being in charge. You can't hardly walk into a pizza place these days without feeling like you're walking into a beer joint. You can't hardly walk into a gas station without feeling like you're walking into a gambling casino with the video poker machines and the lottery tickets on the counter and the, and the other gambling devices. You can't hardly walk into a grocery store these days without feeling like you're walking without there being partial nudity on the magazine rack directly in front of your children's eyes while you're standing in line to pay for your items. But you know what's worse? That all of the sin is that we God's people have failed to occupy. 
in the church, we've been so caught up in the treadmill of our paychecks and our money-making and our pleasure-seeking and our worldly activities. We've been so caught up in the, the, the treadmill of our vacations and our retirement plans that we've lost sight of our purpose here on the earth. You and I are here as the body of Christ to live for Jesus, worship Him, and win people to Him. This verse that is timeless says that you and I are to humble ourselves and pray and seek his face. But then fourthly, he said, turn from your wicked ways. Now listen close. Whatever it is in your life right now that is getting your time, your attention, your affection, your money, whatever that is, that is your God. What is it in your life right now that's getting your time, your attention, your affection, your money. For a lot of people, it's television programs and movies. I know people that think nothing of sitting in front of the television set for four and five hours in one evening, but would they come to the house of God for four or five hours? For many people, it's sports activities and ball games. For many people, it is such a busy work schedule that they crowd God out of the picture. And whatever it is in your life right now that's getting your time, your attention, your affection, your money, that is your God. And as a result of God's people not occupying, look what has happened to America. Right now, the abortionists are murdering more children than they ever have in the past. Homosexuality is at an all-time high. They come out of the hideouts, come out of the woodwork, come out of the closets, and they're standing up and proudly proclaiming their, their sexual impurity and perversion, even on primetime regular network, with the likes of Ellen DeGeneres, Rosie O'Donnell, and many, many others. Look what's happened to our public schools. There are 53.8 million students in our public schools. 40 million don't have any Bible at all. Now, I thank God for the work the Gideons have done. By putting Bibles into the hands of young people, and millions of Bibles, but the ACLU has launched an all-out attack on the Gideons. And they said that if they have their way, the Gideons will never step foot on public school campuses to give Bibles to students ever again. I say if Tim Todd has his way, if the people of God have their way, let's get rid of the ACLU and keep the Gideons around. Make your rules. We're still going to pass Bibles out in the public schools of America. And this tragic plight on our public school campuses led me to design the Truth for Youth Bible. Many of you are familiar with this. It consists of the entire New Testament, along with powerful comic stories in the front section. These graphic novels, 100 pages, deal with the truth about things that young people are confronted with every day. We put these Bibles into the hands of every young person that will agree to give them to their friends in school that are not saved. In fact, over in St. Louis, Missouri, we had one young man that, that gave a Bible away to the biggest drug dealer on that school campus. He cussed that young person out and spit on him, but sat down at lunch hour and read through all of the comics in the front section. One of the comics deals with the truth about drugs and drunkenness. When that day was over, that drug dealer gave his heart to the Lord Jesus Christ and got saved. He quit smuggling drugs into a school and started smuggling Bibles into a school. Then he started a Bible club with more than 100 students attending every Wednesday morning. That's the power of the Word of God. Amen? And it's going to take Holy Ghost boldness to stand up for God in these last days. You look at what happened to everybody that stood up for God in Bible days. Daniel was thrown in the lion's den. 
Those three Hebrew boys were thrown in the fiery furnace. John the Baptist had his head chopped off. Stephen was stoned. The axe blade dripped with the blood of Paul the apostle. Peter crucified upside down. They were sawed in two. They were burned at the stake. What's happened to you lately? Where are the battle scars that show that you really mean business with God? It's going to take Holy Ghost boldness to stand up for God in these last days. Let me give you another example of this. Not only that young person that gave a Bible to that drug dealer that got saved, but several years ago I had the opportunity to, to uh, deliver one million signatures to the Supreme Court justices with my dad, calling upon them to reverse the Roe v. Wade decision and give the innocent pre-born children the constitutional right to live. Well, we've got baby people today crying out for their constitutional right for choice. What about that baby's right to live? We flew into Washington, D.C., our nation's capital, to make that historic delivery. Up to that point, nobody had ever delivered signatures to the Supreme Court justices. We were joined by several other political and spiritual leaders, Dr. Tim LaHaye, uh, Dr. James E. Johnny Johnson, Senator Jesse Helms, Congressman J.C. Watts, and many, many others. We began climbing the steps of the Supreme Court, and then every one of us were compelled of the Holy Ghost to fall to our knees and pray. We did just that. We prayed for America. We prayed for the Supreme Court justices. We prayed for these babies that cannot defend themselves in their mother's womb. We finished praying. We got up off of our knees only to find out that we had been surrounded by a swarm of policemen and security guards. And ABC, CBS, NBC, CNN had their cameras rolling trying to get a story about religious fanatics being arrested for praying on the steps of the Supreme Court. We didn't know it was against the law to pray on the steps of the Supreme Court, did you? One of the police officers walked up to us and said, you can't pray here, this is government property. We told him as far as we're concerned, this is the people's property and this is God's property. He said, well, he said, where is your attorney? We told him we didn't have an attorney with us. We didn't think we'd need one, so we didn't bring one. He said, well, we're going to have to arrest you because our job is on the line. But you see, we knew our job was on the line too. God had instructed us to deliver those one million signatures to the Supreme Court justices, and we knew we couldn't do it in handcuffs behind bars in the local Washington, D.C. jail. So the police officers and the security officers took a few steps away from us and started discussing among themselves who was going to do the arresting. It turned into a heated argument. And while they kept talking, we kept walking. We went on up the steps of the Supreme Court. And we went through the first set of doors. And immediately we were approached by the biggest policeman I've ever seen in my life. I mean, he looked like one of Goliath's brothers. He was huge. We had never seen him before in our life. And he called my dad by name. He said, Cecil Todd, I know who you are. I know what you've come for. I know where you need to go, and I'm going to take you there. That police officer took us through a giant set of brass doors where employees only were allowed to go through. We were granted an audience with all nine of the Supreme Court justices for 15 minutes. We were allowed to deliver those one million signatures and let them know that the American public is sick and tired of the godless killing of the preborn children in America. 
But you see all of the abortions in our nation? That's not the problem. That's a symptom of the real problem. You see prayer and Bible reading being banned from our public schools? That's not the problem. It's a symptom of the real problem. You see the gambling casinos that are raping our nation. That's not the real problem. That's a symptom of the real problem. The fact that our nation spent $41 billion on pornography on the Internet last year, that's not the real problem. That's a symptom of the real problem. The real problem is that we God's people that make up the church have failed to occupy. As a result of it, the Word of God has gone unpublished and the work of God has gone undone. According to 2 Chronicles seven fourteen, the first thing you and I have to do is humble ourselves. You know what that means? That no matter what any preacher has told you, the Lord is not the least bit impressed with your nice car, your nice clothes, your nice house, your big bank account. None of that impresses God. You know what impresses God? A broken heart and a contrite spirit. It will not be into the altars of this church body or filled with people with a heart of repentance for not occupying. Only then will real Holy Ghost revival break loose. The only thing that was important enough to bring Jesus out of the ivory palaces of heaven, down to this godless globe, to drive him up and down the streets of Palestine, to lay him prostrate in Gethsemane, to send him to an old rugged cross, was to seek and to save the lost. If it was that important for Jesus when he walked on this earth, shouldn't it be that important for you and me? He said, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their land. You notice in that verse of Scripture, if we do our four things, God said he'll do his three things together as God's perfect number, the number seven, the number perfection. That's God's telegram from heaven for America today. The Bible says there is only one way for you to get to heaven. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Only Jesus can save you. First of all, you have to admit that you are a sinner. Be willing to turn away from your sin and change the way you think and act. Then believe that Jesus died for you, was buried and rose from the dead. Through prayer, invite Jesus into your heart. And if you've not already done that, let me encourage you to do that with me right now. Pray this prayer, dear Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and cannot save myself. I believe that you are the only Son of God. You died on the cross and gave your precious blood so that I could be saved. I am willing to turn away from my sins. Jesus, right now, I invite you into my heart and life to be my personal Savior. Wash my sins away with the blood you poured out when you died for me on that old rugged cross. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. Since you died for me, I will live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, please let us know. We want to get you some information that will help you to live for God. Just as rain can only fall under certain atmospheric conditions, the completion of the process found in 2 Chronicles chapter 7 can only happen if we 
the people of God begin to take ourselves through the process of humility, prayer, and turning from our wicked ways. The Lord is not slack concerning His promises. If we do our part, God is faithful to do His part. If we would commit to the process, God would release His promises. We would like to encourage you to get a CD or DVD copy of this message to share with your friends and family. Revival Fires now has a podcast that you can access from RevivalFires.org. You can also connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we look forward to connecting with you very soon. Revival Fires International needs your partnership to provide Bibles to American soldiers who are defending our freedoms in the war on terror. Imagine the difference we could make together if we could provide Bibles to as many soldiers as possible. We would like to invite you to partner with Revival Fires International in this vitally important Bibles for U.S. Troops project. Our soldiers serving in the war on terror should not be sent into battle without Bibles. Each case contains 25 complete Bibles and costs only $4 each to print. You can play an important part by helping us provide Bibles for our servicemen and women that are giving sacrificially every day to keep our nation safe. It's very simple. You supply the Bibles and we deliver them to our troops. If you partner with us in this effort with a gift of $100 or more, you will receive a commemorative edition 16 by 20 full-color picture of the very first prayer in Congress. Also, the names of those in the picture and the picture history are included along with a copy of the actual prayer that was prayed by Reverend Deutsch. This can be yours for a donation of $100 or more to help Revival Fires provide Bibles for our troops defending America in the war on terror or to provide Truth for Youth Bibles for young people in America's public schools. On this very special Independence Day weekend, let's give a gift that will be a reminder of the incredible freedoms that we have in this great nation. The Bible for Troops Project will be a life-changing effort if we join together and partner with this phenomenal cause. Revival Fires International is committed to deliver Bibles to our troops and to those who need it the most. Please partner with us today as we continue our God-inspired efforts to place a Bible into every person's life who doesn't have a Bible. Your $100 gift will certainly change a life. Let's change America one Bible at a time. Go to RevivalFires.org right now and give towards this incredible project. God bless you, and thanks for listening to today's broadcast. You've been listening to the Revival Fires radio broadcast with Dr. Tim Todd. Revival Fires International is a dynamic ministry fanning the flames of revival across America and around the world through revival services, evangelistic crusades, providing more than 300,000 Bibles for our troops defending America. 
giving more than 2.5 million Truth For Youth Bibles to America's young people, providing 1 million Bibles for the people of Cuba that have never had a Bible, providing more than 1 million Bibles for Russian soldiers, and more than 2.5 million Bibles for Russian young people, television and radio ministry, and internet evangelism. To receive a CD-DVD combo of today's message or give a one-time tax-deductible financial gift to Revival Fires to help us continue the vitally important work that God is doing through Revival Fires International, you may go to revivalfires.org or write to us at Revival Fires, P.O. Box 372, West Monroe, Louisiana, 71294. Until our next program, thank you for praying for us. And thank you for helping us take the whole gospel to the whole world before Jesus comes. He said, if my people, which are called by my name, he didn't say if the liberal news media would do it. He didn't say if the conservative talk show host would do it. He didn't say if Russ Limbaugh or Sean Hannity would do it. He didn't say if the Democrats or the Republicans or the Independents would do it. God said, if my people, which are called by my name, God's not counting on the liberal news media. He's not counting on conservative talk show hosts. He's not counting on the Democrats or the Republicans or the Independents. But God is counting on you and me that have been born again and washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. He said, if my people, which are called by